Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talks with Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Of course, you can check me out on Drive for the rest of your life at 4pm. Anyway, we begin with England chat on The Breakfast Show on TalkSport. And the Villa legend that is Gabby Agbon Lahore claiming that Trent Alexander-Arnold should retire from international duty. I need to hear this. If I was Trent, I would retire from international duty if I don't get in a World Cup squad. I'd retire until a new manager took charge of England and give me the opportunity. 100% because what's the point going away in these international breaks? You can stay with your club, rest and prepare yourself for for Liverpool. And for Southgate to come out and say Trippier is all round better than Trent, I think that's an insult because I I do like Trippier, but Trent is an all round better player than Kieran Trippier. Walker and James for me are better than Trent, but don't say Trippier. Come on. Joke's over, Gareth. It's 3-1 to the home side, and Trent Alexander-Arnold has rattled it in. For Southgate to come out and say Trippier is an all-round better defender than Trent, I think that's just kicking someone wider down, to be honest. He's getting told that Reese James, Walker and Trent are all ahead of him. You know, these players aren't retiring anytime soon. I just feel that he's, he's, he's been told he's not... Basically, been told he's not going to be in the World Cup squad, to be honest. Now, staying with England, and Gareth Southgate has insisted the three lines need an in-form Harry Maguire to give them the best chance of winning the World Cup. Simon Moni Moni Jordan put up another defence of Maguire. I do think it's unnecessary. I do think it's over the top. I think the main problem for Harry Maguire at this moment in time, I'm not a great admirer of his, but I also don't think that this, this constant... A focus on him and constant deriding of him is helpful and constructive or actually particularly accurate because he's not playing enough football to be able to be judged by the standards that people are judging him by. The problem for me is that what you saw against Germany was a player that probably isn't particularly match fit. Boo! The fans are one thing, the media is another. The pylon and the observation and the constant barrage of yeah. observations is coming from the media. Their fans boo for 30 seconds, the game goes on. But the media are the ones that are ramping up the well, narrative. Well, you said it this. turns like an ocean liner. Yes, so I you said played that. your part in it. And as I well. 18 months ago. But you didn't hear boos coming from the media section the other night. You heard it from the supporters. The boos are coming from their pens, and the pen is mightier than the sword. Now, Danny Murphy doesn't believe the system England play with is helpful and could be part of the problem. Three, that's a magic number. Three. It is. It's the magic number. 
I think one of the bigger problems, and and it should be taken away, it shouldn't be all on Maguire, actually. The team's been poor for, what, five, six games now. The system, for me, doesn't work. We play three at the back, apparently, because we're not confident in our centre-halves, which tells you one thing before you even go on the pitch. The majority of England players play their club level with four at the back. You could argue they should be intelligent enough to adapt to systems. We've played it before. The biggest problem for me with three at the back and two wing-backs is that it, from the outset of walking on the pitch, it's a defensive formation, right? It's one less attacking player on the pitch, whichever way you look at it. Most teams that play three at the back are defensive-minded. All our best players are attacking players. All of them. FIFA has launched an investigation after a banana was thrown at Brazil's Richarlison after scoring in a friendly in Paris against Tunisia. We'll hear from the Daily Mirror's Darren Lewis, but first is the former England international John Barnes, claiming football can't do anything to stop racism because it needs to come from society. What can football do to get rid of racism? Absolutely nothing. It has to come from society. Now, look at that incident. Tunisia versus Brazil? Yeah. In France? In Paris, yeah. So I should imagine that if they were Tunisians, presumably, who were throwing the banana at um, Richarlison. Yep. I don't think many people would have come from Tunisia to watch the game. I'm sure they're French Tunisians. So are they French Tunisians? So do you ban France or do you ban Tunisia when it wasn't Tunisians? Because I don't think many Tunisian fans would have been coming over from Tunisia. So in a situation like that, what can you do? Who do you ban? Because you can say, let's ban Tunisia. But I should imagine, very much like in the Champions League final, where you look at a lot of the violence, they were by French fans who had got into the game. I'm sure these are French Tunisians who are French. So why should Tunisia suffer for that when there are French people throwing bananas on the field? So it's a very difficult situation. But once again, you have to look at it from a societal problem. And once we tackle racism in society, it'll filter down into all walks of society. Football can do nothing to stop racism. I think the complacency has never really gone away. I think football has convinced itself that it's done a few things with a, a few slogans, a few badges, one or two things here and there. But it's never really done the things that would protect black footballers. And listen, you and I, the, um, the guys have been on the show many times. How many times have I talked about racism over the years? We shouldn't be approaching 2023 and still talking about what, why football can't protect young black men going out onto the pitch to play ball. I'm still struggling to think of any other industry that has this issue where black men are going to work knowing that at some stage they could face racism and there isn't really a framework in place to properly protect them. Because people, people say, well, we might find the person or we might do this or we might find that. So very often, the person gets away with it. The club isn't punished. And people say, why should the club be punished just for one fan? But when you have zero tolerance, all fans will realise that they have something to protect if they go to football matches and racially abuse footballers. And until that happens, I don't think we have any chance of being able to deal with it. Now, ahead of this weekend's trip to Sellers Park, which, of course, is exclusively live on TalkSport 2. Why, of course? We didn't know. That's a very good point, actually. Well, now you do. Oh, yeah, now we do, so it is, of course. Anyway, Chelsea boss Graham Potter has been speaking to the media. He was asked if he thought he'd go from managing in the Swedish fourth tier to a club the size of Chelsea. Here's his response, although I'm guessing the answer is no, of course he didn't think that. What a stupid question. I can clearly say no, that's for sure. There was no plan, there was no, um, there was no uh, pathway to that. It was more just focus on the next day, focus on the next game, try and do as good a job as you can. And then um, 
I suppose that's the beauty of life, you never know, and uh, we end up here. Ultimately, to have the opportunity and the responsibility and the challenge that, that managing a club like this is, it's uh, the pinnacle. At some point, I guess, we all want to test ourselves to as, as high as we can and to the highest level we can. That's, the, that's ultimately the challenge, is can you bring your ideas, can you bring your view of football and, and compete at the highest level? But I was never one to chase that level in, in, in terms of... Uh, it was always about thinking about how you do the, the best job you can in the place that you're working in, being respectful for the competition and just trying to keep improving. Now here's Talk Sports Fight Night presenter Adam Katmandu criticising Tyson Fury, claiming the Gypsy King never wanted to fight AJ, Anton Joshua, as the super fight now looks doomed. So it's not a super fight, is it? It's a super non-fight. All of Tyson Fury's team, including Frank Warren, including George Warren, including the people that are actually around the table thrashing this deal out, they're on the same page as Matchroom. That never happens. Matchroom and, uh, and Eddie Hearn's team are never on the same page as Queensbury's team. They're all on the same page. They're all saying the same thing. They're all going in the right direction. The only person that is going against the grain here is Tyson Fury. So all fans are going to conclude if Tyson Fury does walk away from this situation and he's and he sticks to his guns and he says right that's it Anthony Joshua you're out in the in the cold I'm not doing it you didn't stick to my deadline it's officially over for Joshua he's now out in the cold with the wolf pack forget about it idiot coward if he walks away from this situation right now with how far they've pushed this deal down the line and how close they are to getting it over the line the only conclusion that fans can make is that he never really wanted it in the first place on now to the 2003 World Cup winner, Matt Dawson, on the current financial crisis affecting rugby union. He said what's happening at Worcester Warriors was always likely after the COVID pandemic. Unfortunately, I suppose there was a, an air of inevitability that you know the, the risks were going to be high that something like this would happen because not everybody's doing it in the same way. I'm hoping that maybe Worcester and Wasps are in isolation and just because of the circumstance, maybe, you know, really Wasps being one of my former clubs, I hope they can get themselves out of this. But seeing what's happened with Worcester over the weekend, it doesn't look particularly good for Wasps. And there'll be a lot of work going on behind the scenes on mm. exactly Fingers what's happening crossed. with the other clubs. Yeah. yeah, There was a, you know, what I perceive to be a really good proposal with, the, the introduction of CVC to sort of bring all the clubs together to financially regulate, to analyze those clubs forensically so that the game can become much more collaborative. The club game can be more co collaborative, move forward and start making money for those, for those individual clubs. And then COVID came along and absolutely slapped everyone in the face mm. with financially. You're listening to TalkSport Daily. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. On now to cricket. Moeen Ali's England lost to Pakistan in the fifth T20. Cue John Norman, although that's snooker really, isn't it? So it should be bat John Norman, but that doesn't mean anything. England lost at wickets in their run chase early. Alex Hales going in the first over and uh, they were three down inside the power play. Never really recovered. Uh, David Milan, 36 on his return to the side. But apart from that and uh, the uh, 51 from Moeen Ali, precious little from England. So disappointment really, but the series is still alive. Two matches to go, but England are going to have to win both to win the series. Pakistan go 3-2 up with a win over England uh, in Lahore. They've beaten England by five runs. We're a better team than that. We, we just got strangled in the middle a little bit with their spinners who I thought bowled quite well and uh, we just couldn't really get going. And then obviously towards the back end, Wokesy and myself put on a bit of a partnership and, and got close. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4pm today alongside Darren Bed. Incidentally, I often now do Instagram Lives during ad breaks. So if you want to follow me, you can on Instagram at Andy Goldstein 5 If not, just follow me anyway. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts at first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.